Welcome, everyone. My name is Patty Riley, and this is Built for Connection, a podcast devoted to building your business and your personal brand. Sometimes they can be one and the same. For me, it's one and the same. My personal brand was built on how I connect with customers. So that's why I do feel I have an edge when it comes to helping you build your personal and or business brand. I've been in the home shopping industry for 20 plus years, and I've also been coaching businesses, both small and corporations, on how to connect with customers, okay? And so this is really, really, really big right now, and, and you're, I'm sure, being inundated with all different terms, starting from the term branding, brand strategy, brand identity, brand personality, brand voice, and recently I heard another one called brand activation. What does it all mean? Why do I need to be concerned about it? Well, those are great questions and there is a ton of information out there. I find myself diving down the rabbit hole basically on a daily basis when I'm just curious and looking for information just for my own edification on what's happening in the business world and in the brand building world. Since this is an area that I coach exclusively and also offer my consulting services. But here's what I'm going to say before we dive into one topic that comes early on in my brand strategy guidebook, which is called Built for Connection. And by the way, it will be available very, very soon in less than 10 days, in fact. So what I am going to talk about is building brand love and loyalty during this podcast episode. But I want to start with brand strategy and what it's about. And specifically in my brand strategy guidebook, I actually break it down into three chunks and I call it brand DNA. So now I've just added another term <laughs> to the already growing list. Um, brand DNA, well, I took the term or the acronym DNA, which all human beings are made up of DNA. It's what makes us unique. And I decided to use that acronym in a branding format. And it basically stands for the D is to determine and discover who you are. Start there. Determine and discover who you are as a business, as a brand. Getting super, super clear. This is a portion in the book that's, I want to say, maybe 30 plus pages is devoted to getting super clear your mission, your vision, your brand promise, what makes you different, why customers will care. We're not even at your story yet, okay? This is about getting clear on why you do what you do. That's determine and discover. I promise you, the more time you spend figuring this piece out, the easier everything else becomes. Okay, that's the D. N, narrate. Also like to add navigate on that too. Narrate and navigate, but narrate. Let's start there. There's a great book that's out by Donald Miller and it's building, how to build a story brand. I, I loved it. Uh, it was just juicy. It was full of great, it's full of great information. But I have to say, it it's basically the home shopping format right? It's, if you've ever watched and maybe, maybe you've been a closet watcher, maybe you don't want to admit that you've ever watched home shopping TV. 
Okay. But I'm pretty sure you've done a drive-by of it on your TV and you've maybe been intrigued. Here's the thing. Even during this um, economic downturn and the standstill in life, home shopping TV is thriving. And since its inception in the late 80, mid to late 80s, I worked on QVC and HSN both actually, um, you know, it, it, the recipe has always been the same. The recipe has always been connecting to the customer and telling not just your story or your guest's story, because we co-host with guests all the time. That's kind of the format. It's also telling your audience's story. So I think that's the piece where sometimes if you're Googling, you're trying to crowdsource information on what's my brand story. Maybe it isn't anything exciting or you don't think it's exciting. Don't dive too deep into that. Because really, the story that you need to be concerned about, the narrative that you need to focus on is your audience narrative, the customers that you're trying to connect with. How are you going to get them interested and excited about your brand and your business? You want to tell their story. You want to uh, create an experience for them. Okay. And then A is attract. And attract is, of course, finding your ideal audience. And I say ideal audience because I'll give you a scenario. I was working with a, I was consulting for a skincare company right before all of this COVID. So I want to say it was about December. And they were putting really amazing anti-aging ingredients into their formulas, like high-end, you know, more than just retinol, all sorts of things to create this amazing anti-aging cocktail. Now, I prior to my guidebook, which isn't yet launched, I was giving out just downloadables. I just I basically sent them information on um, to their emails, and then I also had physical hard copies that they would fill out to give me an idea of what they were looking for as a brand. Um, how would you describe yourself as a business? How would you describe your brand? And who is your customer? And then I would kind of do a buyer persona, like many of us are familiar with, who our buyer is. What is their demographic? What is their um, income? What do they do for a living, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then I read through it because now I've already formulated in my mind who I think it's for just based on what I know about the brand, the level of ingredients, the price point that they want to be at, which is going to be higher. It's going to be a minimum of $100 per bottle, that type of thing. So I'm thinking this is for the woman who is really, really concerned with her skin, wants to be proactive in her aging approach. Um, or her anti-aging approach, or maybe she's, you know, in my age category, 49, a more advanced age, and she just wants something that is going to deliver results, right? So I'm thinking anywhere from 35 to 70 and beyond. That's who I'm thinking this line is for. Well, when I collected the handouts and I read through the age range, and there were two individuals in this room, the age range was 20 to 80. Hmm. So I'm thinking, hang on a second. Why 20 to 80? Well, you know, we don't want to leave anyone out. And this really is for every. Here's the thing. My niece is 21. I guarantee you, if I were to take my niece shopping and we were to walk up to a skincare counter, if I picked up this fancy, expensive, loaded with anti-aging ingredients, um, let's say neck cream or face cream, 
there is no way my niece is going to be caught dead buying the same cream that I am. It's not her genre. That's not for her. So it is never about a one size fits all approach that does not work. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in we need to sell. We need to sell. I got to get it out there to so many people. I get that. But it's not always your product line is not always going to be for everyone. And when you start to dilute the message, it takes away from the quality, the perceived quality and the perceived value of your product. Because even for myself at 49, if I'm thinking, well, wow, why is this for like a, you know, 21 year old, that must mean it's not as potent for me. Am I shopping with the right brand? It doesn't really make suddenly these questions start to come up in your mind because you're thinking this might not be for me. Okay. Because the message gets diluted. So I say that attract your ideal audience because whatever it is that you are offering, whether it's services, products, um, you know, anything in your business, you have an ideal audience and the clearer you get on who they are, what they do for a living, what their shopping habits are, what a typical day in their life looks like, the better equipped you will be to create content that attracts them into your brand. All right. So that's a whole different section of the book. Um, obviously that's the narrate or excuse me, the attract portion. And that is attracting your ideal customers. And that's how you get super clear on creating custom content that speaks directly to them and their needs. So that's what the brand strategy guidebook is based on DNA brand DNA, breaking it down, getting super clear so that every single time you post a message, you choose a graphic, you make an IGTV video, or you send out a GIF, you know exactly what it should look like, sound like, feel like, all of those things. And that's a whole other piece. That's visual identity, that's voice and tone, all of that, right? That's going to be too much for this episode. But I want to start, so that's the brand DNA in the, in the brand strategy guidebook, but I want to start with you. Let's just Let's just clean the slate, clear the slate. You're a customer. One of the things that I learned as a host early on, and it's something that I say to all my clients, think like the customer you are. So you're a customer, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe it's first thing in the morning, midday, evening as you're winding down. In your mind, or if you have a pen and paper, think about, five brands that you use daily and have come into contact with today. So maybe it's your toothpaste, the cup of coffee you chose, you did a load of laundry, it's your detergent, you hopped in the car, it's your car brand, you're listening from your phone right now, it's your cell phone. Think about the brand that you choose, the brands that you choose, and why. Okay, I'm going to list from page 13 of my brand strategy guidebook, one of the activities that I have, or the exercise I should say, is brand love and loyalty. I'll just go through these as you're thinking this through. 
And it says, this exercise is designed to help give you an understanding of customer to brand connection and the consumer mindset. Some of the brands listed below may have been brands you grew up with and prefer for nostalgic reasons or out of habit. You may even notice that you've tried a few in each category, but aligned with one in particular. Now, what I want you to do is to pay attention to your thoughts around the ones that you've tried. You're going to hear me list them in a moment. And um, so pay attention to your thoughts around the ones you've tried and didn't ultimately choose and why you are loyal to one over the other. Let's start with toothpaste. I'm going to list a few. Colgate, Crest, Sensodyne, Generic, or Other. Detergent, Tide, Arm & Hammer, Gain, Generic, Other. Cell phone, iPhone, Samsung, LG, OnePlus, Motorola, Other. Okay, we'll keep it at those three. I'm sure it didn't take you any more than five seconds to think about and decide on which brand you love. And maybe you had a gut level reaction over one of the brands that I listed for whatever reason. I want you to think about those reasons. Why did you choose one over the other? Why is it a staple? I mean, think about all the areas in your life, just in your home, in your car right now, the phone that you're using, the television that you watch, why you choose the brands you do. And then I want you to think about the top two or three words, I guess, that come to mind when you think about those brands. So let's start with uh, cell phone. I'm an iPhone user. I'm an Apple product devotee. So for me, when I think of iPhone, I just think of quality and um, hmm, I don't know, aspirational, maybe that's not the right one, but I love quality and I have to be honest, prestige. You know what? I'm just going to be honest. There's a prestige in my mind. Now it could be different for you, but to having an iPhone, there's something about it. It's a status symbol. Yeah. You know, they got me. I'm hooked. And a lot of it has to come down to their innovation, the way that they market. It just speaks to me. That's the difference, right? You start to think about one versus the other. What's the superior brand to you? For me, for toothpaste, no brainer, Colgate. My sister sent me a text the other day and she said, um, it, it was so funny, I should look it up. But basically it was like, do you use Crest? And I was like, no. And I'm thinking, didn't we grow up in the same household? It's my sister, for gosh sakes. And she's like, oh shoot, because I entered a contest and I won like a, I don't know, remember what, a year's supply of Crest toothpaste. She's a teacher, so thankfully she's going to distribute it at her school when she's able to go back. But I was like, no, I don't use Crest. And I sort of furrowed my brow when I read it out loud, um, the message, because I'm thinking, no, like, what is she thinking? We are Colgate users. We're a Colgate family. And honestly, I don't even really know why. It's just that that's the brand that I grew up on. That's enough. It's out of habit. So I want you to think about what it would take. Maybe you're listening and you are a toothpaste manufacturer. And now I'm the customer that you want to convert and you are not sure how you're going to connect with me. Hmm. Challenging, right? 
I get it. I get it. Listen, before I started to consider even writing a book or even doing a podcast or really offering myself up for coaching and consulting services online, I was like, why is anybody going to care? There's so many coaches out there. The Brendan Bouchards of the world. There's, there's Maria Forleo. There's all these people. Why would people choose me? Here's the thing. Not everyone is going to choose you, but you have to figure out who your cost, and that's okay, by the way, but you have to figure out who you are and be super clear on that and be consistent with that brand voice, brand tone, image, personality, all of it, and know who your customers are. Uh, I'm hoping that this podcast appeals to all types of business owners. I'm thinking anywhere from um, in their mid-30s and, and beyond, new business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, personal brands, influencers, and even B2B suppliers. I say that too because even though I listed a few extremely talented and well-known industry leaders in the brand building or brand branding category, I have a unique set of skills. Not many people can say that they've sold products alongside Susie Orman, Jessica Simpson, Kim and Chloe, Lori Grenier from Shark Tank, Sarah Blakely, jo Joy Mangano. And I list those because I've had that experience. I've had that experience with those people and more on live TV, selling everything from a pooping moose. Yes, there's a product called the pooping moose. And to Dell computers and Dooney and Burke handbags and uh, food products and skincare, everything. Tens of thousands of products daily on live TV. So I thought I needed to give myself a little bit more credit, and maybe you do too, if you are in a certain niche, but you know you have an advantage because of your experience, because of the place that you're coming from. So now I want you to think, now that you thought of the brands that you interact with daily, I want you to think about why, once again, why you choose those brands and what could be that point of change, if there were another up, what could make you change your mind? What could make you or what would motivate you to consider something different, right? And then kind of formulate what that experience would have to be like for you. So in doing this exercise, whether again, you're just doing it in your mind or you're writing it out, it will help give you an advantage on how to speak to your customer. This is all about connecting. How then do you connect with your customer? Because I have a feeling that whatever market that you're in, whatever marketplace or whatever your competitive landscape is like, you're trying to be heard because it's more than likely a saturated marketplace because it just seems like there's something for everyone, right? How do we stand out? You stand out by how you connect and how you talk to your ideal audience. That's the point of difference. What you bring that offers them value, that offers them a benefit. How are you serving them? What are you doing differently? Another example before we wrap, I was on the hunt for this dress by a brand designer called Elliot. It's this beautiful pink dress. I found it on a website called The Outnet, which I shopped uh, up until recently, <laughs> shopped with quite frequently, um, found it there. They did not have my size. I came across another website 
And, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I can't even think of the name, which is really, really bad. But um, this other website I'd never, ever shopped with before. And I was a little bit nervous. I was thinking, oh my gosh, like what? I don't know. I'm looking at reviews. I'm trying to find out, am I going to get, have a good experience? Well, not only did I have a good experience, but when I received my dress, it was wrapped in tissue paper. It had a ribbon around it and it had a handwritten thank you note. Yeah. That made a huge impression on me. I think I just went blank because I know I need to wrap this. <laughs> oh, it's Lit Boutique, L-I-T, Lit Boutique out of LA. I just remembered it. And I even, you know what? I was so impressed with how it came. It was so thoughtfully done that I actually did spend the time to write a review. And then I sent their customer service department a personal email thanking them and letting them know that there was trepidation to start. I wasn't sure. And how all of my fears were alleviated the second I got that package home. Lit Boutique. Awesome. Awesome experience. Listen, guys, I, I so appreciate you being here and listening. Um, please let me know if you have any topics business-wise, branding-wise that you want me to cover. Until next time, take care.